Hi there and a very warm welcome to Bergos Now. I'm delighted to welcome a very special guest today. Our Chief Investment Officer is back, Till Christian Budelmann. Hi Till. Great to be back on the show. Hi Aurelia. And well, you know, I think it, it is that time of the year. It's midterm elections in America. And of course, who better to talk to you about that than, than you, Till. I know that you don't only have a particular let's just say, interest in US politics personally, but of course, this is very important for um, for your area of expertise, of course. So to let me start, maybe I should preface this by saying it's Thursday when we're recording this. You, dear listeners, are getting this on Friday morning, as usual. Um, not very long ago, on Tuesday night, the midterm elections happened in the States, for us, Tuesday night. So to let me just ask you at the top of this, can you give us a bit of a roundup of what, what has happened? What, you know, what are the facts that we should know going into this episode? Yeah, let me start by saying that you are correct. The 2022 US midterm elections took place on November the 8th, mm -hmm. uh, this Tuesday. And during this midterm election, all 435 seats in the House of Representatives and 34 of the 100 seats in the Senate were, and many of them still are, contested. And there were also a couple of uh, or numerous races for governor. And currently, Democrats hold both houses of Congress by very slim margins. Democrats control the House with 220 seats. You will remember the majority starts at 218 seats. Yes. And in the Senate, it's a split of 50-50 with Democrats holding control due to Vice President Harris' tie-breaking vote. Mm -hmm. But that was before Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, and now what can we say so far about the results? Um, First, the races in both chambers are much closer than expected. Yeah. And second, Democrats outperform expectations set by polling models and prediction markets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now to the details. Many of the key house races have not yet been called. And as you said, it's Thursday. But our internal projections still suggest Republicans will win a very narrow majority in the House. And Democrats appear much more likely than Republicans to win Senate control, though with three key races still uncertain, Republicans still have a plausible path to 51 seats. And that could involve a runoff election in Georgia in December. So while Democrats outperformed expectations and the Democratic Senate control would be a pleasant surprise for them, obviously, the end result appears to be divided government mm. and the policy respectively market implications are broadly similar to what would have been expected with strong Republican majorities in both chambers. But we will probably come back to that later. Well, Till, I wouldn't mind staying with that, actually. Why? I mean, could you could you maybe talk a little bit about the possible implications that the results respectively might have on the uh, yeah, economy, on markets? Of course, Le let's do it right away. Should Republicans manage to win control of the House, which again we expect with a probability of around 75-80% yeah. as of this minute, a divided government would yield little near-term market reactions. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with the equity market. While historical analysis shows that midterm elections tend to have a relatively muted impact on equity markets, the S&P 500 as obviously the most important index, tends to move higher 
after the political uncertainty declines in the aftermath of midterms. And we hope that this is, will be the case again this time when all is said and done in a couple of days. And looking at the so-called fundamentals, if Republicans secure a majority in the House, many of the key items on the Democratic le legislative agenda would likely not be able to make it through Congress. This means that tax increases, regulations and further bills on climate, respectively the environment as a whole, are likely to be off the table for the foreseeable mm. future. Mm. And such a probable scenario should also support bond markets over time by limiting fiscal expansion potential and hence the risk that monetary policy would have to tighten more than expected to fight inflation. But should Democrats pull it off in the end and hold the House and hold the Senate, mm. this surprise could push bond yields higher as investors would weigh concerns that Democrats, facilitated by more legislative capacity and the lack of electoral consequences from inflation, could pursue policies that result in increases in net government spending. Mm. Till, but let me come back to sort of, I guess, the negatives. Aren't there any negative implications when we're talking about a divided government? Is this is all looking pretty good? No. No, there's one thing. Yeah. Reaching agreements on fiscal policy yeah. is likely to become more difficult, much more difficult. Congress will need to raise the debt limit next year. Mm. That's pretty sure. And under a Republican House and a Democratic Senate in 2011 and 2013, under President Obama, debt limit uncertainty disrupted financial markets and led to substantial spending cuts. And a similar scenario could play out next year. And that's a clear negative. Mm. And then a legislative response to a potential severe recession, which is not our base case here at Bergos, but such a response to a severe recession would also be more difficult mm. um, as a House and Senate would likely pursue different approaches and the odds of total gridlock would be somewhat higher if the GOP, the grand old party, the Republicans, mm. um, win back the House, which again seems to be probable at this point. Mm -hmm. That of course triggers a question that presses itself and let's talk about the I can't I can't I can't not say it let's talk about the elephant in the room the orange elephant <laughs> yeah, exactly um sorry this little uh, yeah this th I hope this was allowed I know we were not supposed to be in any way a political here but let's let's talk about this elephant Donald Trump I, I mean I think that we are all discussing with ourselves and amongst others uh, if it's likely that he will run again. And I think this is, yeah, although he hasn't uh, said this out loud yet, I think everybody sort of thinks Donald Trump might, yeah, be running in 2024. I don't, you know, I never want to put you on the spot and ask you to look into the crystal ball, of course, but what's what's going to happen? What do you think? Yeah, first of all, we are talking here about the midterms. Yes, of course. Yeah. And the election night was a bad night for Trump. Yeah. And one likely contender for the Republican presidential nomination in 24 had a big night on Tuesday, but it wasn't Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. The former president spent the final days of his campaign lashing out 
and even threatening Florida governor Ron DeSantis, who's apparent interested in running against him, has puzzled Trump. But in the end, it was DeSantis holding the big victory party, having won re-election in a 20-point landslide. Yeah. Almost 15 points better than Trump's 2020 margin in their shared home state of Florida. And at the party, DeSantis supporters then chanted two more years, mm. two more years, encouraging him to seek the presidency before finishing his second term. And as I laid out at the beginning, the full picture of Tuesday's results has yet to be finalized. But the results are shaping up to be a mixed bag mm. for Republicans and definitely not the blowout that Trump hoped to take credit for um, before quickly announcing his own 2024 candidacy. And uh, yeah, midterms are normally a referendum on the party in power, but Trump made this year about him. I think he makes everything about him, <laughs> but he also made the midterms about him. Um, he was not on the ballot, but the Trump ticket was, as he called his slate of endorsed candidates in yeah. key states, mm -hmm. and many of them simply failed. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me come back to my crystal ball, though, because you're mentioning DeSantis. And when we're talking about likelihood of you know, presidency, I'm now looking towards 2024, next presidential election, do you think that DeSantis has a better chance than Trump of, of winning, not only, you know, being the nominee for the party, but also of winning maybe. And second, because I know that, you know, looking into the crystal ball is not really how we do things here, but still the second one, you said that he threatened DeSantis. Can we talk about that a bit more? <laughs> of course. Okay. But one thing after the other. Yes. First, we talk about, uh, um, yeah, probabilities yes. and uh, prediction markets now give DeSantis the edge mm. to win the White House in 24, overtaking Trump in the wake of Tuesday's elections. His odds, DeSantis' odds, um, jumped to 28%, mm -hmm. the probability that he would end up in the White House, while Trump's odds dropped to 18%. And President and obviously Democrat Joe Biden sits below both Republicans for the 2024 um, presidential race with a winning probability of 16%. But that is up three percentage points from the day before, um, before the election, since the better than expected results of Democrats seem to help them a little mm -hmm. bit. But coming back to Trump one more time, Yeah, he definitely wants to run in 2024 and expecting a Republican wave. Trump even wanted to declare his candidacy for president before Election Day, yeah. at least according to sources um, of the Washington Post. Mm. But advisors talked him out of it, arguing he could get drowned out by other news or blamed for mobilizing Democratic turnout. And while advisors succeeded in pushing back a formal announcement, Trump became increasingly explicit about his intentions, telling his supporters that they would be, quote, so happy very soon, uh, end of quote. And uh, finally, at a Monday rally, he promised a, quote, very special announcement for November 15. 
And uh, I think part of his urgency came from his desire to pressure other Republicans to line up behind him and clear the field of potential rivals, especially DeSantis. Mm. Trump has fixated on DeSantis more than other potential 24 rivals, watching his large crowds and growing frustrated at his positive news coverage. Yeah, of course. Mm. And on Monday night, and now I'm coming to your question. The gossip, yes. uh, The gossip uh, one. um, On Monday night, one day ahead of DeSantis' election, Trump attacked him while speaking to reporters on his plane and even yeah, threatened to release damaging information about him should he run. Mm. Again, a quote. If he did run, I will tell you things about him that won't be very flattering. I know more about him than anybody other than perhaps his wife. Mm. Typical Trump drama. Yeah. Uh, or another quote, quote number two. I think if he runs, he could hurt himself very badly. Yeah. So big Trump drama again. But um, yeah, let me close by by repeating in a nutshell. It was a good night for Democrats, Mm -hmm. especially versus expectations. We now expect divided government with limited implications for markets. Yeah, and then again, one likely contender for the Republican presidential nomination in 2024 had a great night on Tuesday, but it wasn't Donald Trump. (laughs) Till, thank you so much. That was a wonderful roundup and an entertaining and gossip-filled one at the end as well. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Aurelia. And we thank you, as always, so much for listening. We hope that you have a wonderful weekend ahead and we will be back here Um, with more from Bergos Now on Friday. Until then, we hope you have a pleasant and successful week. Bye-bye.